Welcome to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. Today, our pastor, Walter Arias, brings us a message titled, Poverty, Love, and Riches. Our salvation does not depend on celebrating Christmas in December, but it does depend on allowing Christmas to happen in our hearts. Let's listen to the message, and may God bless you. One minute prayer in this moment, please. I thank you. And also those that are there in those places, in Chicago, in Venezuela, in Colombia, in Mexico, to all of you that are watching, it's before you, all, God the Father, it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we present ourselves, giving you thanks for the opportunity of coming here to this place, and knowing that you're here with us, and your word says that where there's two or three in your name, you are there, and the opportunity that you give us to receive your word in this moment as well, asking King that it be our hearts those of us that are here and those that are watching through the internet, are that we be receptive to receive the word as it suits and give me the boldness by the Spirit to speak it in an effective way, Lord, in a way that is gracious. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church of the Lord says, Amen. Very good. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, one night speaking with a man that came secretly to seek him, known by the word or known in the word and known by us, because we have spoken of him, Nicodemus. He came to Jesus to speak to him and ask questions about the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said some words that were very key. He said, it is necessary to be born of water and the spirit to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And he was impacted because he was speaking of being born again. And he didn't understand what he was saying to him. That it was of a spiritual experience. Listen well. To be born of the water and of the spirit or to be born again, as some of us understand, to convert myself is to say a spiritual experience. It's something inconfusable. It's something that stays registered in your heart. It's a moment in your life that you understand when you had that experience with God that was spiritual. And as we are in a season now in December, we just entered today. Something so waited for always. Our salvation, I want to make an emphasis that our emphasis does not depend on celebrating uh, the Nativity or Christmas. Listen, well, we even have some decorations for the Christmas time up. But our salvation does not depend on celebrating Christmas because with Christmas, because the word Nativity comes from the word, the Latin word Nasib, which means to be born. What we celebrate is the birth of Jesus Christ. But our spiritual life or our maturity doesn't depend to celebrate Christ in this season. A mature Christian celebrates Christ every day of the year. Are you with me? Well, in this season, we, are pro we take advantage of the ambiance and the environment. And glory to God, we use it as an opportunity to evangelize. Yes, but, but nativity as such... The birth of Jesus Christ is something that the Christian being celebrates it every day. Listen well. Every believer that is saved by grace recognizes and acknowledges, acknowledges that their daily experience with God is what's most important. So if you celebrate the nativity, don't think or someone that for celebrating Christmas that you're saved. No. Because there's many people that participate of Christmas and they're not saved because they have not accepted he who was born in the heart of the human being. Amen? So the nativity, our salvation, does not depend on celebrating Christmas in December. But yes, it depends to allow Christmas 
happened in every heart. Are you with me? That nativity happened in every heart. It doesn't depend on celebrating Christmas, but yes, it depends that it happens within your heart. So that Christ is born in your heart. That Christ is received in your heart as the only Savior and Lord. There is where the nativity is. And that nativity happened to me, I think it was in a June. I think when I was saved, I believe it was in a season, not in December. I was a, a lot involved in those parties to accept Jesus. But it was in that time frame that Christ was born in my heart. That was the nativity. That came my nativity. Are you with me? And I want to clear up this, that at times in our minds, we think that Christ, that Christmas is of Christ. And yes, it's in December that this happens. But no, it's when Christ is born in your heart. Ask the person to your side. Have you allowed Christ to be born in your heart? Ask them and take the time. Have you allowed Christ to be born in your heart? Some people in the New Testament speak about the nativity. Some characters in the New Testament speak about the nativity, reminding you that nativity is, in the Latin word is nasi, which means the birth of Jesus Christ. And Matthew wrote, spoke of Christ the King, speaking of his royal lineage. If you read Matthew in delicately and delicately, you're going to notice that what Matthew is bringing there is speaking of the royal lineage of Christ, the lineage of Jesus as, as Christ as King. If you examine the Gospel of Luke, he wrote about the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus' humanity born in a, man, in a manger. If you read the Gospel of John, you're going to notice that John always speaks to the Word that became flesh, speaking of the deity of Jesus saying that Jesus is the same God. That's why John starts, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things through Him were made, and nothing without the Word was made. Everything in Him was made. So John, if you, and you can read John very well, you're going to notice that it speaks about Christ the God. Christ God. The Word that became flesh. But a character, Paul, spoke about something very important about Christmas with a revelation when he wrote one of the letters to those in Corinth, the second epistle, well, the epistles, the second Corinthians and eight, chapter eight, verse nine. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, that how did he, can you read this all with me? Then I repeat it. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Luke spoke, John spoke of the word that became flesh. Luke spoke of the, hu the human part of Jesus that was born in a manger, and Matthew spoke of the king, of his lineage. But Paul spoke of something very important. Paul spoke of the poverty and love and riches. Poverty, love, and riches. What is the title of today's topic? Poverty, love, and riches. 
And I want you to, that we develop this. The poverty is the first topic then. It says that, that he was rich, yet he became poor. So Paul is speaking that Christ, the Messiah, the, invi- the sent one, the announced one, the one that became man, the one that was born in a manger, the one that was born of a Jewish family, one that was raised in a traditional Jewish family. It's saying that he became poor. Why did he become poor? Because he left his place of glory. Because he stripped himself of what was his. Because having angels in continuous worship, he made the determination to leave everything, to come here and to subject himself into a vulnerable body. God that was unvulnerable becomes vulnerable by becoming and going into a body like this that's subject to the environment, that's subject to the time, that's subject to what is on the exterior. Amen? He became poor. When we speak of Christmas, this is every day. That, that person that born in our, is born in our hearts and we have to understand. So we fall in love more so that the greatness of God is even greater in us. So the glory of God is greater. When I can understand that Christmas has to do with the poorness of he who was rich and became poor. Having it all, he gave it all. Because at times we don't appreciate the grace of God or the name of Jesus Christ. We don't pay attention to who he is and what he is. We think that it's like a religion and Jesus Christ is not a religion. Christ Jesus is God who became man. The eternal that became man that came and became poor by leaving everything for love for you and for love for me. Say to the person who you have to decide, if you could choose a person, he became poor for you. He became poor for you. How interesting it is to understand that who was rich in glory, who was rich in everything, he did it all. My brothers and sisters, do you understand? He did it all. The word, and and God said, when God, when he said, God, there was a wisdom that came in. What was in chaos, what was dark and without purpose. And he formed all the things and all things were separate. The waters from the waters and the land went from one side. And then on the land, there was green herbs and trees that came in. Everything was bringing in order and the waters had animals. And then there was birds flying in the air. And he put a sun so that it would shine during the day and and a moon that would do it at night. Who did everything. The one that's rich in wisdom became poor. That's what Christmas is about. The one who became poor. And in Philippians, the Apostle Paul also writes to them in chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. So trying to see if you could understand something. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, read it with me, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Can we read it in a loud voice, please? Because this, I I get emotional when I see this. And just reading the Bible, I, I get fed. And I want you to get fed in this moment, okay? Let's read it all together. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery, to be equal with God. 
but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So his body, his humanity, if his humanity and your humanity and mine that have in common is being vulnerable. We have colds, we have pain, we have uh, things that we're subject to the the temperature. If we go to a place that's cold, we got to wear something. If it's hot, we dress less. So we're subject to everything. We're subject to what happens to us, subject to everything. He became poor for you and for me. He stripped himself of all his glory and he became poor. Amen. Being able to be born in a royal palace, he chose a manger because there's not even a place for him to go to in that small inn where he went. And they were like, well, maybe there in a manger could be good for you. And there in that manger, the one who was rich in glory became poor. But why? Why did he become poor? So we understand now that he became poor. God himself became poor. But why? And this is very important that you and I understand this. For love. Why did it become poor? Can you say it again? For love. When one loves, one does what is needed. When one loves, if we're going to speak of a family topic, when you love, like I love my wife and she loves me. My wife and I, we love each other. And at times I have the reason. <laughs> And when I have the reason, my love takes me when she doesn't understand. She makes me love her in a way that I'd say to her, I love you. And I give up my rights. The love makes you to give up your rights. Love makes you to, to do, to say, okay, all right, okay. You're right. But she does that because she loves me a lot. How many times has she's done that? Uh, surely a lot. <laughs> because she loves me. The love doesn't seek its own. Love does not get haughty. Love is not puffed up. Love forgives. When one gets mistaken, even though you confront, your love envelops the situation and you decide to love despite of or in spite of. That is love. Love is a surrender. Love is a decision. Love is a determination. Why? That the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Word that became flesh, why did He strip Himself of all His glory? Like the Apostle Paul here is saying, why? For love. And for us to be able to understand it, we can understand it as parents as we have our children. For love. How much do we give them then? Because we love them. Because of love, a, a, a child that is, does a, something wrong and, and what he deserves maybe is another slapping. Edit that, please. <laughs> but one makes a decision, a moment to just, and you kiss him on the front, even though you're crying in your heart. Is it like that? Yes or no, parents? And for the love of a child, if that child is full of love, then they also forgive a parent. They also forgive a brother. They also forgive. Why? Because the father could be mistaken. The mother could be mistaken. What could be? But their love 
has to take them to comprehend that they can give something that maybe in that time they don't deserve. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and he became poor, he did it for love for you and for me. Everything that he had to do in this earth, he formed it all. If he has all the angels so that they worship him day and night, it says that everything that breathes worships the Lord. Do you think that the glory doesn't belong to him? And of course it belongs to him. But he stripped himself of all that just because of one word, love. His humility was for our benefit. He left heaven so that we can gain it. Tremendous. He left his place of glory so that we could experience his glory. He was born in a manger, in a stable, so that we could be born in the spirit. My brothers and sisters, this is wonderful. Some of you have been born in a crib of richness and that hasn't helped you for anything. But when we are born in the spirit, we know, those of us that are here, that it suits us for everything. Even though, even though there's no money, when we are born in the spirit, it suits us for everything. Even though there's problems, we were born in the spirit, it suits us for everything. Because that is why we could support, I mean, rather sustain and, and hold that burden. He died so that we could live. That is the Christ of the nativity. If you're going to celebrate this uh, month, this year, nativity, understand what you're celebrating and who you're celebrating. That Christ may be born in your heart. Celebrate Christ, that he should be celebrated every day. That because of love, he surrendered himself for, to, for you and for me. Amen. And listen, he became cursed. So that you and I can be blessed. You know that scripture says that let it be cursed. Everyone who dies on a wood, any person who was taken to the cross was considered cursed. And him being righteous, he died for all the unrighteous, for us. And there on the, on the cross, he took your sins and all your worldliness and everything in your heart that's damaged and perverse. You that you know and what I know of mine. He took all of that on the cross of Calvary. Tell me. If that's not a love, because the price of that cross on that cross should have been you, should have been you, should have been you, should have been myself on that cross. That cross was for whomever of us. But he says, I will become a curse for he that is unrighteous, that is a sinner. I'm going to take his curse. I'm going to take it to the cross because I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. If you don't know what's love, then understand what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. That truly is the pure good love because our love is very conditional. Our love has conditions. So many times we love because they love us. We give because they've given to us. We want because they want us. We embrace because they smile to us. Many of us, we subject all these things to our own will. But he stripped himself of everything for love. And Romans 5.8 says... But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, what happened? Are you with me today? Or am I the one, the only one that's emotional? One, two, three. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that we were still sinners. Christ died for us. If you have not understood of the plan of salvation, how good it is that this is the opportunity that Christ is born in your heart. Because you have heard it by religion, perhaps, maybe by tradition, but there has never been a spiritual experience. And today is the opportunity. Let the glory of God get into you today. 
if you only open your heart and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a cursed one. I'm a perverse one. I'm a sinner. I'm in my thoughts. My things inside are damaged. I want to do what's good and I end up doing what's bad. But I need today something or someone bigger than me. Enter you who is greater than anything. And if you give him that opportunity, if you give yourself that opportunity, because really you're not even giving him the opportunity. But if you give yourself that opportunity, he's going to enter. He's going to enter into your heart and he's going to fill you of his spirit. And you're going to be able to experience what true nativity is or Christmas. Blessed be the Lord. And first Peter, the apostle Paul, I'm sorry, the apostle Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, read it with me in a loud voice. If you, being allows it, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. The just for the unjust. Tell me if that's not love. Pure love. He became poor for love. Say it with me. He became poor for love towards me. And touch your, your chest. He became poor for love for me. He became poor for love for me. Take this in your heart, this richness in your heart. So you give yourself a value that perhaps you're not giving yourself. Or maybe the people around you are not giving you that worth. Give the value that God is giving you. God loves you with eternal love. Amen. And the third, riches. Poverty, love, riches, riches. It says there in the text that you through his poverty might become rich. So that you through his poverty might become rich. That's what the apostle is saying there when he's writing the letter to the Thessalonians. I'm sorry, to the Corinthians. I'm sorry. And it says that we become rich, we, with his poverty. Him being God that was rich, he stripped himself of everything for love for us so that we who are poor and miserable, we can become rich. And rich in what? In gifts. Gift is a present. And I want to see the gift of salvation in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Can we read it once again, please, all together? Help me. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. What is that text saying? The gift of salvation. The gift is the present. We're saved by a pure gift. Not because you're good or you're bad. Not because you believe yourself to, or that you do works of pilgrimage. Not because you kneel and you go on your knees to wherever. Or you make so many fasts. Or you give away your possessions. Because if it was or any of those things or an act of goodness that you did, then in vain Christ died. If salvation was dependent on something that you or I can give, then in vain was the cross of Calvary. And that doctrine has to be clear. He enriched us with the gift of salvation. Say to the person to your side, the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation. And also, 
the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those of us that ex accept Christ Jesus, we have someone so big in us, a promise from God the Father, ratified by Jesus Christ when he said, it is necessary that I go and I will send another, the Comforter. That's how Jesus said to his disciples, don't be sad, take it easy, almost like in English, take it easy. <laughs> I'm going to send you the other one, the Holy Spirit of God. Wow, the Holy Spirit of God, the gift. How does he enrich us? How does Christ enrich us to die for love, for love of us? He enriches us when he gives us his, his Holy Spirit that dwells in us all the time. And as the Word of God says, there in Romans 5.5, 5, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts and my and your hearts and my hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When we accept Jesus Christ, according to the word who dwells in us is the Holy Spirit. And those of us that have experienced this, we notice that it is a real truth, a great truth, because the word says, and now it is, I no longer live, but it's Christ Jesus who lives in me. And that Christ is the spirit of God and takes us and impulses us to do things that before we never did, to do things that are good. We start to reject sin. We start to reject one thing and another. But how's the dysfunction if before was part of that? But now is there someone greater in me, the Holy Spirit of God? And that Holy Spirit of God makes me to differentiate between what's good and what's bad. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's that spirit when you're there, when you're bored in your human part, in tribulation, in anguish, in despair, and he comes and he comforts you from one time to another. He gives you what is known as the peace that goes above all understanding, and it abounds in your heart. And there I don't need any type of drugs or any type of hallucinogen. I don't need anything. I don't need a therapy of three hours of a psychologist. No, it is the grace of God comes and boom. And it says that it gives you new strength. Like the aunt, you don't want to do any ministry. You're going to renounce the ministry. Oh, what a laziness to be an usher. Oh, go and glory to God. And, oh, I'm so bored. Oh, consolidate or what? Oh, I'm going to visit and call you. No, what's this? And then from one moment to another, when you're so tired, your human part, because you're doing it from a human perspective, of course, then he comes and he gives you a piece. And you call them, oh, pastor, who do I have to visit? And where do you want me to go to? And, and how many uh, bulletins do I have to give out? Why? Because it's a new strength. It's because of the Holy Spirit. You revive it. That gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift of God for us. Say to your person, oh, give that hand clap that you were going to do. Give that applause to the Lord. Blessed be God. You stop. I heard that. It hurt me. <laughs> the gift of righteousness. If you don't know what else you received by, for love, the richest. And I remind you, the gift of salvation is one, and the gift of the Holy Spirit is another, and the gift of righteousness. Romans chapter 5, verses 17 to 18 says, For if by one man's of death reign through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. The gift, verse 18, Therefore, as through one man's offense... Judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous, or Christ, act of free gift came to all men, resulting 
in justification of life. I am the gift of righteousness of God operates when the God of everything becomes poor and because of love he comes and he surrenders himself for us to give us this gift of righteousness. So now God doesn't God the Father doesn't look at us directly. He looks at us through Christ Jesus, through the work on the cross of Calvary, and that's where God the Father looks through us. Without that, we would be consumed, the Word of God says. The righteousness of God is now imputed into us, imputed rather, into us, and the gift of eternal life into so many, and I, the gift of eternal life. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, I want you to say in a loud voice that you read it with me, and while uh, I invite the ministers to please come to the altar the ministers that are in charge of the Lord's Supper, the gift of eternal life. I don't need worship at this moment. The gift of, of eternal life. There in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, I want you to say in a loud voice, if you're so kind, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Where the word says gift, say present. Let us read it again. One, two, three. For the wages of sin is death, but the present of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is it that he, that Christmas gives us? What is it that Christ gives us? What is it that the rich one that became poor for love of us, what does he give us? He gives us eternal life. Today, you can have eternal life if you don't have it. I invite you to please close your eyes for a moment. You could be here for various reasons. One, for tradition, because your parents bring you, because it's the custom. You could be here for your own conviction. You could be here because you're feeling a desire, a curious desire that you can't understand that brings you here. Whatever the reason may be, I invite you first to close your eyes and bow your heads so you don't lose focus, but that you can concentrate. If today you evaluate that this is not happening in your heart, or that you understand that you didn't understand this beforehand. That the God, that God himself stripped himself of everything of his. In the midst of all of us, by his grace, he surrenders to you. Not because you're good. By his grace, he gives to you eternal life. Righteousness. Salvation. And the Holy Spirit. If you today, maybe there in your homes, have not had the blessing that Jesus is born in your heart, today you can do it. It's an act of faith. And you only need to lift your hands and say, I am a sinner and I want that Christ Jesus is born in my heart because I have never accepted him as my Lord and Savior. If there's someone here 
that has never made a prayer of faith accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, today you can. Lift your hands where you are and leave it there. If you want to have that spiritual experience that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. Is there anyone here that wants to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Lift your hands where you are. Very good. There with your eyes that are closed. By not lifting your hands, it tells me that you understand salvation. The other is that simply that you may be rebellious and you don't want. But I assume that you are saved. If you know him already, then I invite you to meditate on the following. Do you recognize your riches? And if you recognize your riches of eternal salvation, of the gift of the Holy Spirit in your heart, day and night as a counselor, as a comforter, like he who directs, if you understand the righteousness that everything was paid for, for you on the cross, your sins, if you understand, I'm going to ask you a question, then why have you lived in this land as if you were condemned? Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Delight yourself then in God and He will consider the petitions of your heart. Don't allow that the time in December be only for an opportunity to be happy in Christ to then live 11 months like if you didn't have grace. Rejoice in the salvation that's in Christ Jesus every day of your life. Because he has been born in your heart. Please stand, church. Please pay attention. You are very loved by God. If only you fill yourself with that truth, your time in this earth will be of a great blessing. You deserve, like I, we deserve death. And what it is, it's a separation, eternal separation from God. But He, by His grace and His love, is where we have life and eternal life. So much to live for in this land. So much to be able to enjoy my family or my business, or the day, so much to be of a blessing to all those that know me. That's called conviction. That's the gift of salvation. Look to the person to your side and choose a person. If you can, and look at them. Look at only a person to your side. And say, you're loved by God. Receive it today, once and for all. You are loved by God. Receive it. Say to that person. Tell them, leave that bitterness. Leave the contentions. Tell that person. Say, revive the joy. Revive the joy that's within you. 
say to be a blessing to somebody else. The flame of Christ is within you. Say to the person to your side, you are light in this world. Say you're salt on this earth. You're here to be blessed. You're here to be blessed and not to curse. Say it. Say it so that you're here for this land to be better because Christ Jesus dwells in your heart. Lift your hands with me, good God. And this morning, we give you thanks for the great salvation that is in Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for being born in my heart. The day that I said I was a sinner and that I needed your forgiveness and that you would write my name in the book of life and of the Lamb. Holy Spirit, thank you for dwelling in me and being my counselor and the one that guides me every day. Thank you for the joy that you give me, for the love, the peace, and the patience, the faith, and the goodness, the kindness, the gentleness, and the self-control. I love you, God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we give an applause to the Lord? Amen. Christmas is of Christ. Amen. The world offers deceivements. Don't leave Jesus Christ for a party for the end of the year. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in these social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida. And on behalf of our pastors, Walter and Maribel Arias, we hope this message edifies you. Have a wonderful day and God bless.